From the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. So, welcome back. My name is John, and this is the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. This is your weekly podcast about consumption. We talk about all kinds of dumb shit on this show, and this week will probably be no exception. But who are these dumb fuckers? Well, with me, I have the host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. His name is Sean, and my name is John. But, Sean, how are you doing today? Hey, John, you know me, living a dream. Uh, uh, could literally be an hour of that and just yeah. call it a podcast. Could be. It could be. I hope not, but it could be. <laughs> I, I got a feeling there's going to be more of it. What did you catch up on this week? What have you been watching? Strap in. You know, I haven't really watched all that much of much importance, but what else is new? Just wait to hear the bullshit that I watched. So <laughs> Yeah, well, finished alone. That was like the, the I don't know, the least impressive thing. It's only 10 episodes, I think 10 episodes, 10, 11 episodes. So that finished the finale. One person was alone and he won. And then I watched the Alex Winter documentary, directed documentary, a.k.a. Bill, right? Bill from Bill and Ted, Alex Winter. I watched the YouTube Effect, which is a documentary that Alex Winter obviously just released. And it's about, like, the effect. It kind of goes through the history of YouTube and the effect that YouTube has had on popular culture, basically. Everybody wanting to be influencers and kind of goes through that whole thing. And I think it started, he started filming it in 2019. I've been kind of reading some backstory stuff on it just because I find a lot of Alex Winter's movies are pretty interesting. He did a a documentary about Napster. He did one about the dark web. I think he did one about Frank Zappa, one about kids growing up in Hollywood. I think that's called Showbiz Kids. I haven't watched that one. The other thing I watched, I got on a little documentary kick. I watched All This Mayhem which is a skate documentary about the Pappas brothers. They're basically newers. No, that it's been out familiar. for yeah, it's been out for a while. I know I knew I saw it before I had seen it, and I just for some reason decided I was going to watch it again on a whim. And it's about these two brothers from Australia that move to Florida, eventually move out to California. They become basically two of the biggest skaters at the height of their careers. They were one and two, like globally ranked skaters. Tony Hawk was like sometimes in second, sometimes in third, sometimes in first. They kind of all leapfrogged each other and they go into like their drug use and and ben the younger one actually died i think he committed suicide spoiler alert for this documentary and uh it's yeah it was 10 years old now so yeah yeah it's been around a little while i think it's actually 2014 or 20 yeah it, i'm something. i well i'm 90 percent sure i've seen this but you're telling me you're saying stuff about it and there's like parts that are ringing a bell and then there's parts that don't yeah i knew i had seen it and i saw i saw it was available to watch and i watched it and i was like i i really feel like i've seen i've seen this before and lo and behold i did but it was you know it's always been an entertaining watch i mean if you can watch the whole thing again and not be swayed and then not watching it anymore it's, that sounds that's usually a, a check of approval or something something people do i mean i guess the counter argument would be if you can watch something and totally forget that you watched it until you're about halfway through that might not be the best sign but <laughs> no it didn't i got I, I watched it and kind of felt like i had seen it before even from the beginning but it's it's a good documentary especially if you're into skate culture or anything like that around that era there's a guy i can't because this picture won't blow up there's a guy that's in the cast his name is tommy caudell and i'm 90 percent sure they have a picture of steve-o in here for his picture on this but steve-o's in it up, he so shows up in a scene oh, i'm sure he was he's from florida so i'm sure he's 
been around these guys. I, I believe he smokes out of a water bong and then he drinks the water like in the same cool. motion. I mean, sounds about right. There you go. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe that's that's just it. Anything else that you caught up on? No, you know, the, the regular stuff. We're in hard knocks season. So obviously watching hard knocks when it comes on and even if it is about the Jets and we didn't talk about it last week. And I know you had uh, you had a little bit of a, I don't know, quarrel, not a quarrel. You had a little <laughs> you had an opinion on Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm, I'm still watching it, too. I, that show I'll watch kind of regardless. Like, I genuinely like that show. And it's I feel like. It's been kind of on a downslope the last couple of years, even with, I, I think last year, like you and I probably looked at it with like rose colored glass or Honolulu blue color glasses because, you know, it was our team that was on. So you kind of liked it by default, I guess, or I felt like I did. But I think if you really like go back the, a layer or two of the onion, like I don't feel like the show goes as in depth or impactful as it did. Like, I, I feel like the Dolphins season, the one with Philbin where he was the coach, was the last really good season. I think that's, this sounds familiar. Maybe we had this conversation, but I think that's when they cut Ocho Cinco and like that was a big deal on the show and stuff like that. But I mean, so far, two episodes in, and there's probably what, only two episodes left of Hard Knocks at this point because there's going to be one more preseason game and then cuts. I think I with only three preseason games, they do they do cut it short. I mean, I still think it's as good as it ever was. I, I'm not in agreement with you that it's kind of lost some of the luster, but it is what it is. I just, I think teams are, I don't think it's, I think teams are being more, I don't know if caddy's the right word, but they're like withholding stuff from them where I think before you might've gotten more in depth because I don't think they realize how much people dissect that kind of film where they probably do now. But they're being more or cautious, maybe I'm just, basically. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just dumb possible to like you i'm sure i'm watching winning time also although i'm still i haven't caught last night's episode yet so i'm i'll probably put on maybe tonight episode three out of whatever on that for season two but that's been i really like the last episode episode two was pretty good so yeah same i i went to one other thing i went to cedar point and i tested my back and it all held up i can still move around so i we got back on saturday and i've been busy with other stuff we Watch the mo- I watched the movie we're going to talk about last night, and I was like, man, there's so much other stuff I want <laughs> I want to watch. I want to watch the stuff I regularly watch, but Stallone couldn't wait. I've had that with two titles recently, and this was kind of one of them, but this one I kind of got a little more into once I remembered how like ridiculous it is, but we're not at that point yet. So speaking of other crap that I did want to watch, I know we're kind of waiting to talk about this in more depth, but I spent $2 and watched the movie Murder Size, so I was pretty happy about that. I will say it is kind of exactly what you think it's going to be when you look at the cover of it, which I know you've seen. It It's very much so in a, it's kind of in its own little box. Like, and if you know the very small, small subsect of 1980s aerobics inspired, like slasher movies, it's kind of what it is, but it's not without its charm. I, I, I don't feel like I wasted two bucks watching it. What I did waste two bucks on, even though it was free on Tubi, was Cheerleader Chainsaw Chicks most misleading fucking title i've ever seen there are chicks and they are kind of dressed like cheerleaders at one point but at no point did they ever use these chainsaws for fucking anything waste time they cut wood <laughs> cut they don't even do down. that no they don't do that at the end credits they like hold them and that's it i'm like so that that's that's not what i was expecting i wanted cheesy slasher ripoff with you know people in cha- cheerleaders 
costumes, right? That qualifies I mean, as the chainsaw portion of that movie. So it was free on Tubi, but how did you pay $2 for this? I didn't really. I just feel like they owe me $2 for watching it. Oh, sunk cost fallacy, right? You're into it. You're exactly. like, I got to finish this. I've already invested this much time into it. Yeah, it was it was not good. Kind of wrapping back around to like the sports stock or sports mockumentary or whatever, sports TV stuff. I watched the untold story of Johnny Manziel that's on Netflix. My wife actually went ahead. I guess there's one about the steroid use in baseball that's supposed to be pretty interesting. And I believe the Urban Myers Florida Gators one is coming out this week. Maybe I want to say tomorrow, so Tuesday. So after you listen to this show, you can go watch that. That's that's the rule. That's how we do things around here. But I don't know. It, Johnny Manziel's kind of always been this little twat waffle like that. I've always been my perception of him. And this show documentaries it's, it's like an hour and a half long so we'll call it a documentary absolutely does everything to hold up that opinion like you are not going to come away like oh he just got dealt a bad hand no he's a little twat waffle but he does admit it he's like no i was kind of a little dick but i had an opportunity and i ran with it so all right but if you're interested in that character worth watching then past that the only other thing i really kind of dabbled with i rewatched reanimator because bp told me to so shout out to BP who was on two weeks ago when this comes out, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, a couple of weeks back. So do what he says, because Reanimator is always a good watch. And apparently there's a lot of people out there that haven't seen that that movie, Reanimator, that listen to his show. And I assume probably listen to this show. And I don't know, we talked about this off mic at a bar. I was like, how do you like get into this stuff and not see Reanimator? Isn't that like maybe not your freshman year, but that's like sophomore year at least junior at the latest i feel like a lot of those movies now with how people kind of consume media they kind of fall by the wayside i mean for us it's 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 the time frame right of all the time sure when we came up and it was always in the video store but now because they're just we've talked about this countless times but there's so many more options now there's so much so much more to watch and so little time to watch all this content it's just you're being peppered with it from every direction so i, I could i could see it if you especially if it's not something you grew up with or someone introduced it to you. You kind of got to stumble on that stuff. And that's kind of why we talk about some of these crappy movies. Not that that one's a crappy one. It's true. No, it's a pretty entertaining one. Now, I can't speak as highly for the two sequels being Ride of Reanimator and it's like Reanimator Reborn or something. I don't know. All three of them are on Tubi. So if you want to, you can go have yourself a little Reanimator marathon and I would even if the other two don't hold up to the first one, which I remember Bride Re- Reanimator being okay. I have no memory of the, the third one, but Reanimator sure Reanimated. That might be what it's called. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm just guessing, but that would be great. Yeah. I have no doubt that it's worth the, what, hour and a half probably that would be to invest in it. So I could look it up, but I don't care that much right now. We're not talking about Reanimator today. So what are we talking about, John? Ooh, we're talking about me. You sound like you you woke up more so than I think your Stallone impression. So you're going to hear a lot of mumbling through this episode if you haven't Ugh. figured it out. We are going <laughs> to... Shit, this is going to be bad. We're going to talk about the 1986 movie Cobra, which stars Sylvester Stallone. little brief history on this. This movie is a, was kind of written by Stallone. He wrote the screenplay for it, and that is abundantly clear. The more you watch this movie, you're like, well, yeah, that seems like some bullshit that Sylvester Stallone would write. But before we get too much into that, I guess, well, so he wrote the movie. This is kind of the fallout of his time when he was supposed to be casted as Axel for 
Beverly Hills Cop. Short version is the studio and Sly went separate ways. We got the, actually, I probably like this movie more than Beverly Hills Cop, but, or right about. It depends on my mood, I guess. No? I mean, you can you can have your own opinion, but it can be wrong. That's fair. Well, we got the Beverly Hills Cop that we all know and love with Eddie Murphy, and then we got this from Sly, which was a one-off. We start these with a third-party review. This is another anonymous review that gives this movie three stars out of five. It's actually kind of spot on in some ways, but we'll go with it. A big spoonful of cheese, it might be. They spelled might wrong. They spelled M-I-T-E. Like the bug. So a big, yeah, a big spoonful of cheese it might be, and the story is hard to follow behind the 80s machismo and 80s anthems, but one thing I look for in old movies is character, and Cobra has character, which for me makes it worth a watch, which I actually think that's a kind of fair review, spelling errors aside, so. All right, so we go off IMDb. Secondly, we have the plot <laughs> and the storyline, and the plot goes... John's not agreeing with me at all today. It's great. No, 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 no. Uh, the plot goes... A tough on crime street cop must protect the only surviving witness to a strange murderous cult with far-reaching plans. And then uh, the storyline is from Nick Regana. You got the timing on that perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Regana says, As crime run rampant in the United States, the hard-as-nails LAPD Lieutenant Marion Cobra Cabretti is the only cure for the crime-infested urban jungle of Los Angeles. In the meantime, a string of seemingly unconnected and unmotivated random assaults on citizens soon drag the hardened officer into a violent war against the psychopaths of a secret organization named the New World. This is very wordy, by the way. I have to take a break in the middle of it. With the criminal society, oh, I, I thought you were. I didn't realize you were only halfway through that. With the criminal society's sole purpose to weed out the weak, Cobra will escort an important witness, the young model Ingrid out of town to protect her. However, the movement's delusional killers will stop at nothing to track her down. Now, the only one who stands in their way is the one-man army lieutenant. Are they prepared for Cobra's nasty bite? We don't even need to talk about this movie because that, that's pretty much the entire storyline. I mean, they're, it, 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 we're done. Cool. All right, Cobra. Hot dogs. What do you think? I like how this movie <laughs> starts with a like very 2020s like shootout at a grocery store. And the first thing that happens, well, one of the first things that happens, aside from some dude blowing the shit out of some produce like randomly, mm-hmm. which I was like, did he shoot the person or the watermelon? OK, the person's fine because they're still running away. If you shoot them in the back with a shotgun, they're not running away more than likely. Although maybe in this movie, I like that once Stallone or Cobra, Cobra, whatever they call he calls himself in this his full name marion cobretti sorry i like how once he wanders like he goes in through the front door of this store that's under attack by this one like you know dickhead he just proceeds to go like hide behind a cooler and crack a beer and like slug it before he uses the beer can to distract the, the shooter it's like well that's one way to do it i suppose i thought it was really i don't know prescient with this guy going into the supermarket and you know he's basically has the ability to be a mass shooter and that's like something that seemingly happens in this country every day now but he's definitely got the unlimited ammo code going on that shotgun and i read that this movie was a lot more violent and they cut it down i mean and more people died in this grocery market scene but one well two people the guy the perpetrator and one random hostage get killed in this whole exchange and like you said the guy's just like pumping shotgun rounds into watermelon and grocery carts and i don't know salami and you know the cold cuts and everything else like what did you notice 
he goes through a like maybe 20 second scene where he racks the shotgun like four times in a row for no reason like there's no shells popping out he's he just keeps racking it over and over again that's the intimidation factor i think he wants to yeah make it known i've got a gun god damn it well we're aware you've like shot up all the watermelons and i was gonna have a a fruit salad could eat it right off the floor i do like his negotiation with the guy where he's like he's like what the fuck did you say man he's like i don't shop here and he like shoots him (laughs) something like that he probably legitimately could not understand what Stallone was saying. Yeah, we might as well get that out of the way because this is going to be a reoccurring theme through this episode. I can't understand probably 97% of the the shit that comes out of Stallone's mouth in this movie. Like, if ever was a movie that has an actor speaking English, sort of, in it, that just totally screams, you need subtitles to really understand what this guy is supposed to say, this is probably it. And I almost wanted to go back and watch it with subtitles on to see if it even came remotely close to matching up with whatever came out of his mouth. Well, you're in luck because I think he says about 100 words in the entire movie. Yeah. I mean, we talked about... We talked Gun. about Undefeatable last week, and one of the mm-hmm. one of the one of the people on this podcast complaint were that it's just a it's like a vessel to get from one action scene to the next action scene to the next action scene. Sure, this movie has almost no story. Like that, you don't know who any of the characters are. You don't know anything about them. There's no backstory. We have to wait 55 minutes into this movie for Stallone to give you any kind of character of Martin Cabretti, like to give you anything. And he talks for about a minute and then it's like, that's it. Like there's no backstory. It's just, you can, there's like a, you're told more in the montage scene of them investigating the crime of this, this, the new world, this group of psychopaths, basically they're terrorizing LA, you get more story sure. in the montage of them investigating the crimes that this new world is is conducting than you do in the rest of the movie. It's ridiculous. Like I, I realize or I read that, you know, Stallone writes this screenplay, it gets edited down, they got a like a NC seventeen or an X rating or whatever because of the, all the violence. So they had to cut it again. I think the original cut was like two hours, which I don't know if that was ever actually released. I think there's a TV cut that's six minutes longer than the hour 26 one time. The director's cut is not available. So, But nothing happens and it's like there's so much well not nothing happens. Nothing in the story happens and right. it, it would have benefited more if they cut out Stallone's mumbling and his like super uncharismatic acting in the movie than to, to cut everything just so they could show I don't know his big ass fucking head it looks almost proportionate in this movie compared to when you see him now. Almost. True. But yeah, it's it's bizarre. So and that that like I said, that grocery store scene where we start the movie is just a perfect microcosm. Really, like that is a microcosm of this whole movie is some shit goes down, Stallone shows up, mumbles at it, shoots something, and then we move on. That's pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, scene to scene. That's what we got. I mean, we get right. We get you get some memorable shit though. Like you got his. I know it was actually Stallone's car, but whatever that. I don't. I'm not a uh, car guy, like that kind of car guy. But the car he had was pretty awesome until you saw the awesome '50 license plate that was on it. That's a Ford, Mer- a, a 1950 Ford Mercury. It's pretty. It's a great looking car until they ruin it with a goofy license plate. Well, I think that and the the car is awesome, and I mean it's an awesome '50. The car is a really cool car, and I think that this movie 
despite all the things, all the trash I've already talked about it in the first like 10 minutes of us actually talking about this movie, it has probably one of the most legend, well, not legendary, but like iconic 80s car chase scenes. I will always remember until I have Alzheimer's and I die. I will always remember the car jumping all those, all those bridges and the do not enter signs that it almost hits while it's chasing the, the other car that it's like a K car or something. But that's like, I think for the 80s, you're talking about probably, the, the big chase yeah. scene where, okay, the big so action I piece think chase scene car thing. The big thing about that chase scene that I always remember is he runs into like a dock boat, like head on, like he, cause boats, you know, they come to a point essentially at one end. So he hits where the, the boat has an angle and somehow that sends his giant boat of a fucking car airborne flips it and blows it up. I was like, that's not what happens when you run into things. I think it like twists the front suspension. I don't think the car doesn't actually blow up. It it shouldn't be airborne either. Well, it does if you put a, a conveniently placed ramp right there. <laughs> Is this the first movie where we saw the use of nitrous inside of a uh, car? <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember a movie that predates this where you have the little nitro switch and it, you know, automatically breaks the needle off the speedometer. It's a cool scene. I mean, that's, I, I got to give that, that specific particular set of scenes. I don't know if that's one scene or multiple scenes. I got to give that one big credit though. That's, that's actually like probably the high point in this movie for me. So I'll give this movie credit for what Stallone was good, was what his intention was. Like this came out in 86. So you, you're seeing slashers take off and you're seeing a lot of like stuff get popular in the world of horror and whatnot. And he's obviously not a horror movie actor. He does these big action set piece bullshits where he mumbles and, you know, occasionally makes a porno movie in the process. His intention with this was to kind of take like a dirty Harry style movie and mix it with a slasher which i think there's elements of that that he kind of gets right but i think when you watch it it's abundantly clear that this guy hasn't watched a whole lot of horror movies he just knows like dark scenes and like you know kind of mongoloidian bad guys. sweaty yeah. slashers yeah but i mean to his credit like try doing something a little different for the time at least i'm sure that's probably been done now and i can't think of it at the moment but that's i think that's somewhat admirable that you always try to take it in a different direction and it's certainly different than the rocky movies and the ramp well i guess it's kind of similar to the rambo movies but it's a different idea than what those movies were at that point now you can't really win that argument like to win too much credit though because you counter this with a scene where he pulls a slice of pizza and a egg carton out of a fucking freezer cuts the pizza's tip off with a pair of scissors continues to eat the pizza while frozen and then produces a gun cleaning kit that was inside of an egg carton in a freezer for some reason. Like, what the what the fuck is that whole sequence? All this while watching a Toys R Us Christmas commercial. I want I want to go back to the your your talk about the slasher and the horror and all that stuff. And I think that we talked to. Oh, we're just gonna skip right over the fucked up pizza eating. No, no, no. I'll come back to that because that is <laughs> that is uniquely odd. Admittedly, like right. that's nutso and i was like why is he taking that food out of the freezer why does he keep his eggs in the freezer like you said it's the oil it's all the brushes and stuff to clean this, this but why gun. would you keep that in the fucking freezer either to hide you it wouldn't. from the the new world i guess i don't the I don't pizza know. guy i don't know but i want to go back to when we interviewed david weiner and we talked about how horror kind of had this stink on it this is kind of marketed as like an action thriller and if stallone isn't in this movie it is pretty much following the lines of a slasher. I mean, the the night 
what's his name? The Night Slasher, that's his goddamn name, part of the New World, which I'm going to say probably 500 more times during the, this recording. Movie needs 100% more Hulk Hogan in it. Just saying. <laughs> uh, well, I have I have a point about Hulk Hogan too that we'll probably get oh, into later on. But Brian Thompson plays the Night Slasher. He does a, a a really good job. I'm surprised he's not in more stuff. He's the bad guy, super greasy, looks sweaty all the time. If you don't know him from this, you probably know him from the first Terminator movie. He's opposite Bill Paxton as yeah, he's one of the punks. Two. Yeah, that's probably the main thing you would know him from other than this. Oh, and you get, before I forget, you get Poppy from uh, Seinfeld yeah. in this movie, too. So <laughs> Yes, you do. Doesn't wash his hand, eats a lot of candy. Yes, gummy bears. And so, without Stallone, this is a straight-up, probably, horror movie if he were not to be the star of it. If we just went along and did did this movie normally, you know, if he was just the writer, if this was a staying alive for him, we would just have a straight-up you know, we'd have a straight up horror movie, which I think is really interesting. But with him being the addition in this, like all this stuff, we're going to jump around so much for this movie because this movie is so hard to remember what goes in what order. The thing about Hulk Hogan, I was going to say, is that Stallone in this movie gets like the only thing that happens to him. He gets in a car wreck. He gets he gets in this one on one like hand to hand combat fight with the Night Slasher. He takes out, I don't know, about a hundred dudes on motorcycles that seem like if they get separated, they, they must be like centaurs for motorcycles because when they get separated from the motorcycle, they all die. And why do, why do the guys on the motorcycles put their guns out? I, Stallone gets a, a cut on his eye. That's the worst that happens to him. He's like Hulk Hogan in that he has like the creative control contract where nothing and Vin Diesel in, in Fast and Furious, like I can't be beat up by anybody on screen unless I agree to it. And this movie is like just still like a superpower fantasy of all Stallone just being this hard ass, you know, five foot six hard ass that beats up all these all these people. It's just it's it's ridiculous. It's so silly. I, I can't be fighting like I'm Rambo. Rocky Rocky done Rocky done loose. And he was trying to have this be a uh, uh, a franchise, franchise where he would have Rambo, he would have Rocky, and he would have Cobra. And you can tell this movie is the way that it finishes, and we're not going to get quite there yet because we're still way we got sure. too much to talk about. But the movie ends and just like it ends as if there is going to be another one of these movies. I'm actually moderately disappointed that there weren't at least one more or wasn't at least one more of these movies because of all the franchises that we've seen if you could sell me a cobra 2 a lot quicker than fast and the furious 12 or whatever they're on now or you know pick your franchise you don't like but i don't agree with that no i wouldn't i wouldn't think a cobra 2 would be made before a fa fast and furious 2 would have been well, made i, I well because it made so much now, money and this but... is such a flop failure piece of crap movie for the time like this got shit on so hard the, well i remember shit on but it it doubled its money though which in 1986 dollars that's kind of what they were looking for it did get shit on i mean this is sitting at 18 percent on rotten tomatoes right now not that that really matters but you know what other movies got shit on halloween friday the 13th like again franchises a but lot those of movies shit on, those though. movies have their fans well, absolutely. And this, this movie, movie does has too, its fans, but, but a large majority of people are not so. a fan of this movie that have seen it. I wouldn't think. It has its fan. So it has its fan. <laughs> Stallone, that's its fan. Right. How'd you feel about the random robot shot that shows up in the middle of the movie? That is so weird. <laughs> I just don't see the point. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, I like strobing weird robots being popped in front of your eyes every so often. So 
we haven't brought this up yet, but we talked a little bit about the the Night Cult or new, the NWO and the New World. Yes, right, New World Order. And one of the things I kept thinking when I saw it because they show this cult group basically taking their axes. And there's one dude with a little tiny tomahawk, so I guess he's not a full cult member yet. He's just, you know, mini dude. He's a junior volunteer. But they're essentially taking him and, you know, quinking him together over their heads repeatedly. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a Paula Abdul video or something where there's just a bunch of dudes in suits that are going to break into, like, interpretive dance. And this robot scene, which is in the middle of the, like, it's pretty early in the It's kind of right after he does the pizza thing, isn't it? Like, fairly early in the movie? It's pretty much right after we see Brigitte Nielsen for the first time. She has the encounter. I don't even understand, like, the way that this movie is cut and the way that it is so poorly edited. I don't even understand why they're going after Brigitte Nielsen because she didn't even see anything. No, I don't get that either. It's like they saw him, but she didn't see him commit a crime. So who cares? Yeah, she just saw three people standing around in the dark. Right. Next to a car. And they get all crazy, and then she drives off, and they're like, what's the license plate number? And we find out that one of the people that are in the cult are a police officer. They have access to records, and they can see where she lives, who she is, all this stuff, and they go after her. And that's really the whole premise of the movie. But she doesn't actually ever see anything. So it's like, okay, you're psychopaths. You want to just kill everybody. That's cool. But, like, <laughs> why? Sure. Why? Yeah. And we don't get sure. told any of it. Like, the cult is... the the clinking of the hatchets and the hammers and the axes and all that stuff that is one scene that i'll never forget about this movie i mean i hadn't seen it in a while but i knew that it was in the movie and i'm like oh yeah this is like this whole cult of all these people but they don't really ever expand on it and again it's just because of you know stallone going so overboard thinking his shit doesn't stink he doesn't have a fan in his bathroom and he you know he just has this like magnum opus of a script a three-hour movie that gets cut down to an hour and a half that makes no sense it's like focus on the stuff that's important and not so much on your, you know, biceps or whatever. You know, I don't know. know. we still got to get some robots in here because need some robots. Yeah. All right. It's what these like nerds really like is some robots. <laughs> we we touched on a little bit. Brian Thompson plays the Night Slasher. What do you, uh, what do you think about him, the character, the performance, or whatever? Like, how do you feel about him in this movie? Well, I think I started kind of talking about it earlier, but I think. I'm kind of surprised he wasn't in more stuff. I mean, it sounds like from what I read, the backstory on it, like the behind the scenes stuff, Stallone and Nielsen were so up each other's asses that they didn't let anybody else do anything. And the guy, Brian Thompson, wants to try and rehearse the lines or what's my motivation for this character. And Stallone's like, you're just a bad guy. It's like, oh, thanks for all the thanks for all the information there, Sly. Like, I I feel like he almost again, we don't have his uh, his we could look it up. But why would we do that? We could we don't have his re- his resume in front of us. But he just didn't show up in anything. He's not that bad in this movie. He's like one of the few, for me personally, I mean, I, I, I think I'm totally selling. You're probably going to be able to figure out what I'm going to rate this based on all the shit that I'm talking about it. But he didn't get a chance to really take off. This is like the first big role that he gets. And it seems like he just kind of craps out. But do they like enhance his voice whenever he talks? Does it sound like they pitch it down or something to make him even more of a seemingly psychopath than he actually is? I think so. They make him sound almost like robotic. At times, they really, maybe they're just trying to counterbalance Stallone, like, because they really force the enunciation on his dialogue for what little dialogue he has. But yeah, and 
you know, as far as looking it up, he does have 104 credits under his belt with few movies that haven't come out yet. So he is still working. But I mean, most of these movies, his top two things that he's known for, we already mentioned, there's Terminator and there's Cobra. Then there's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where he played Shao Kahn, which, okay. And Dragonheart, where he played Brock. Just kind of scrolling through this, like, I mean, it's a lot of like, sure, he was in that stuff like he had a one episode on the show california cation i'm just pulling things out kind of random here a movie called or a short called what dogs see dragon quest chuck i mean he's he's in a lot of stuff but it's a lot of like t- one episode tv stuff or like you know oh he was buffalo bob and joe dirt that's a good thing i think when your top two things that you're known for on your imdb page are cobra where you're like arguably a supporting player in that movie and terminator when you're in it for three minutes that says a lot about your career, but I, I mean, I don't, I think he's totally serviceable as a bad guy in this movie. He is not, he's definitely not a low point compared to some of the other things that we're, sure. that I'm specifically bitching about. Yeah, that's fair. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So question for you, and this sure. applies to this movie. How come movie hospitals never have security guards working at any fucking time, especially when a random like psychopathic killer shows up? Like all of a sudden the entire floor is just empty in a hospital like every single time. No other people that are sick, no other people being treated, no nurses, no janitors, even if they're dressed up as a janitor. Just the whole fucking hospital is gone aside from whoever's supposed to die or might die. and the bad guy who's up to to go make the dead. If there are ever security guards, they're the most easily duped people on the face of the earth. They are like just off desk duty. <laughs> like, hey, watch this guy. Nothing's going to, nothing bad's happening. Just sit outside this, this thing. I was watching No Country for Old Men recently, and there's like the same similar kind of thing where there's a guy sitting outside the room. He, he's not as easily duped. I mean, he gets, he gets taken care of by, you know, sugar, but that's a, a much better, different movie. Yeah, well... We haven't talked about this movie, but for, you know, spoiler for if you haven't seen Scream 5 yet, when they go back to the hospital to go, like, try to kill Jenna Ortega and whatnot, you know, the premise of this movie is like, hey, this is like the most notorious, like, bad guy killer in the city. Like, everyone stay here. This is the target. Like, we know he's coming for her. And they're like, well, I'm going to go get some coffee, maybe get a sandwich. And all of a sudden, like, the entire fucking floor is empty. And here comes Ghostface with like a fucking, you know, machete or whatever. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. Why did I get sidetracked there? It's just really a dumb trope that it's like every time that you go to a hospital in a movie like this, like, well, you might as well just clear the whole hospital out and just have it be amazed to see how how are the rats going to get to the cheese at the end of the tunnel. I do like his power costume, though, just by coloring his hair a little bit darker. Yeah, and nobody knows it's him. Yeah, clearly. What, what do you think of Stallone's one-liners in this? I couldn't understand most of them, so it's hard to really say. You're the disease and I'm the cure. Yeah, that's fine. That's right at the beginning in his monologue, isn't it? Like his whole like crime stat monologue. Yeah, I think of the hundred words that he says in this movie, I would say probably a good two dozen of those words are one-liner kind of continuations. There wasn't any that really stood out to me other than that and the one right at the end where he, he says something like, this is where the lie ends and I start, or some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, it stuck out. Has Stallone ever had a good one-liner? Like, can you think of off the top of your head one good Stallone one-liner? Hmm. No, not off the top of my head. I don't want to shit on the guy, and I know that... We can shit on him. It's fine. He's obviously much richer than I will ever be, and he could probably 
buy and sell my life a hundred times over. But, you know, there was always this feud between Stallone and Schwarzenegger. And I was never personally really much of a Stallone person. Like I hadn't, I've seen Rambo, I've seen Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, actually more of the Rockies than probably any of his other stuff. But he was just never all that interesting. Like I never, I would pick Schwarzenegger a thousand times over Stallone. No question. No question. And I, watching this movie, it made me think the reason why that is, is like Stallone just has no charisma. Whereas like Schwarzenegger will be self-depreciating. He's got the accent. When he says a one-liner, you laugh, even if it's not a comedic situation. You know, Sully, remember I I said I'd kill you last. I lied. Stick around, whatever. Asla Vista, baby. All that crap. Sure. But Stallone, he just delivers it. So every, he takes himself or at least the movies that he's in, most of them. With, there are a few exceptions. Take themselves so seriously. It's a lot like how we talked about Undefeatable last week, where, you know, the, the there's no like, even when stuff is played for laughs, when, when he's saying something ridiculous and he has like a smile on his face, you're just like, you don't believe that he's actually a good person. <laughs> he just comes across as such no. a... Such a narcissistic well, asshole that you do, I can't relate. Like, I can't be like, ha, ha, ha. The problem with, see, the difference is, you said it in a word, it's charisma. Like, you said, think of a good one-liner for Stallone. I can't think of a good one-liner. What pops in my head is a scene from Rocky Five where he's arguing with whoever. It doesn't even matter who. But the reason it pops in my head is he's on, like, a catwalk or something like that that goes to a door. But it's one of those, it's a, it's a, and another thing scene, but he does it like six times where he walks out of frame and comes back. He's like, walks out, comes back. And this goes on for some time. So I always think of that because it's so bad that it makes me laugh, but I can't think of like, I know growing up, like I liked Rambo quite a bit. Like, I think it was Rambo two was the one that I liked a lot. Maybe it was three. I don't know. One of the ones where he had long hair, not the first one. First one I didn't like until later. But I like those and I Rocky was on all the time, but I never really liked it that like I like Apollo and I kind of like Drago. Like I like the guys that he beat up more than I like most of the time because at least they had character to them. You just sat and watched and thought, I wish these guys would really beat this guy's ass. I mean, for Apollo. Yeah. (laughs) Or Mr. T, that would have been fine, too. So, yeah, I've seen the those were on all the time and i think rocky was kind of one of those like it's saturday afternoon on tnt we're gonna play all at the time all five rocky movies in a row yeah that's it that's what we're doing today but yeah i, I don't really with one exception there's not really a, a a stallone movie that i would say that is a close to love or a guilty pleasure I, i'm not sure which one this would be but there's only one that comes to mind that i really like and will watch like kind of repeatedly when it's on did you mention what it was no do you want me to guess? You probably know. I've said, I've talked about it before. Demolition Man. Yep. I think that that's the only like tolerable movie that I've seen him in. I haven't seen, I haven't seen his Top supporting Land. cast is, you know, don't his supporting cast in that saves him though. Like as stupid as it sounds, Rob Schneider is really funny in that movie. Sandra Bullock is pretty funny in that movie. Even Dennis Leary has moments where he's going full like 1994 Dennis Leary, but he is. He's going full 1992 Bill Hicks, then, is what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. One and the same. Well, one is a copy, one is Bill Hicks. But <laughs> point being is that movie works almost in spite of Stallone as much as it does because of Stallone. And I don't mean this whole episode to be just a big shit fest on Sylvester Stallone, but this movie is just, to bring it back, it's really just kind of incomprehensible. Like, and I've, I'm beating a dead horse, but the editing is bad. The story is, is non existent. Kind of like Stallone's acting? Yeah. Uh, buzzing, 
Right. He he just but he just doesn't he doesn't say anything. Brigitte Nielsen has to carry this movie and she doesn't even say that much. She's not bad in the movie by any means. There's just nothing for her to work with. And she's not the best actress in the world or actor, however you want to phrase it. But, you know, she's it's just like there's nothing for anybody to work with. And like we just said, of I don't know. 10 minutes ago, if we could have seen the cut that was the long cut, that was the initial cut of the movie, maybe it would make more sense. Maybe this would be, maybe this is something that I would, you know, I would like more, but because it's, it's just this big, huge nothing burger that is basically just there for this final confrontation in this town where everybody comes to get the girl that didn't even witness the crime. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I think if we got the full cut of this movie, it probably would make more sense from a story standpoint. Yeah, but it'd probably but be a worse re- movie. That's exactly what I was. I refuse to believe that a two-hour cut of this movie would leave me thinking anything more like, would you fucking get this over with? Like, you're right. This is just like action clip to action clip, and we'll get to the ending of this movie in a minute because I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk that much more about it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. This is kind of just action scene to action scene, but if you drew this out with, of all people, so that 1986 Sylvester Stallone trying to explain a plot that's not going to help this movie i don't know if it would hurt it but it's definitely not going to help it i don't want to step in his defense but i mean he did write some of the rocky movies definitely wrote rocky one he got like an oscar for it he knows how to write a story he wrote a story about a boxer who has a boxing match and won an oscar for (laughs) cool hey it's a little bit more complicated than that i'm not gonna i'm not i can't believe you're making me defend sylvester stallone now after i just shit on him for the past (laughs) 35 minutes but so yeah, what I life mean, is. You take whatever. a shit, then you clean it up. I guess. Let's talk about. So let's, let's talk, let's about, talk the about the end, please. Yeah, we'll just wrap it up and give you the Cliff Notes version. Basically, they flee town. They're trying to get out of the city. It's just supposed to be New York. I don't remember. Is it New LA. York or is it L.A.? It's L.A. Wherever the fuck they are, they're trying to get out of the city. They go to some little like hick town in the middle of nowhere, with the most obvious like person following them in the history of like people tailing each other in movies. They get to this little like crap shack and. Stallone has like spidey sense of motorcycles coming or something. And all of a sudden there's a motorcycle gang there and like a shootout ensues. As you mentioned, they get into a pickup truck, which I don't re- even remember where the pickup truck truck comes from. And they, it's his second car. Cause he's a, he's a police lieutenant of the zombie squad, which we should mention. That's a really cool name for like this undercover police squad. I could see more movies in this zombie squad universe, but this guy's a police lieutenant in LA and he has enough money. He has this like, perfectly upkept 50s ford mercury and a and a truck with nitro yes with nitro that he works on with his pizza in the freezer and his gun cleaning kit so they get in the truck also in the freezer they get in the truck they basically kill all the bad guys except for the main bad guy the night slasher because you know why the fuck can he give him any better name than night slasher they kill everyone and you're left basically with the showdown between cobra and night slasher and from there you get this really drunk like this is the only real speech that you get from night slasher where he basically explains like what the fuck was going on with these killings over the whole movie sort of we see explains his version you realize his plans are really flawed because if they're the people who are going to make the world better they have some really like stupid people helming this project and he kind of turns them into a kebab with like a piece of mining equipment or something like that yeah it's like a big hook and they're in a foundry right i have to say right undefeatable i'm sure i missed something there they use the knife better like the 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 iconic like knuckle duster knife with the spiked handles and all that stuff undefeatable they had the exact same knife in undefeatable we talked about undefeatable last week so if you are interested in what the hell i'm talking about with this knife watch a much or listen to a podcast about a much better movie 
called Undefeatable that we talked about last week. Anyways, he gets he gets hooked, hooked, lined, and sinkered. <laughs> well, then he also gets burned too, yes. doesn't he? Doesn't he like throw him in the molten steel or whatever? Well, it's so. like a fire. Yeah, the the hook goes yeah. between this like thing that heats it up. It's very Terminator Two like. It is. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's very undefeatable it's an like too. Gets stuck on a hook. Yeah, but that was cooler and undefeatable because it went through his fucking eye. See ya. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. The the ending's an ending. I mean, it if you're not going to make sequels to this, it wraps it up fine. It also leaves it open enough that you could have made sequels to this at the time. Whatever. It's it's not a blue ball ending, but it's also not something that's going to make you like sit there and like you know clap for it. Oh, and then Stallone and Bridget Nielsen ride off in the sunset. And Poppy gets some gummy bears. That's about it, right? Am I missing something? No, sounds accurate to me. Let's fire up the grill. So I'll give this movie for me. This is probably five clicky clank axes out of ten mumbly mouth hot dogs. It's kind of right in the middle. It's got enough like action pieces in it that if you want mindless entertainment, it it can do that. If you like Stallone, and you, this movie is about Stallone. Like it, if you go into this movie expecting anything less than a Sylvester Stallone movie, then you did not look at the cover of the movie that you just click play on or purchased or whatever you decide to do with it. You know, for 1986, like Dirty Harry ripoff, essentially, or like mixed with like a slasher thing, if that's what they're going for, this could have been a lot worse somehow, but it also could have been a lot better. So I, you know, five out of 10 is kind of right about where I think it should be. It's yeah, that's all I got. What do you got? Yeesh. I think that Sylvester Stallone in 1987 probably would put this on, sit in his living room with just a towel over his lap and just jerk it watching himself on here. It's just so like it's just <laughs> like self-masturbation, this whole movie. That's not even what I was going to say for my 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 final hot dog rating. I'm just saying that based on what you said. The movie's violence. It's like, <laughs> it, you know, it was so criticized for all the violence, but really there's it's not even that violent i mean it is but it's it's just dumb violence that takes the place of the story unfortunately and i'm not even like sitting on a high horse about action movies this has to have a story and blah 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 blah. but come on this has no story if stallone wasn't there i think i said it earlier and there weren't the action elements this could just be a horror movie there isn't any plot the movie is more of again a set piece to move from action to action even more so than Undefeatable was last week, and that's saying quite a lot. But at least Undefeatable was bad in a funny way. Uh, it doesn't. It takes itself seriously, but it's campy at the same time, where this just takes itself seriously, as if this is a serious movie that serious people should take seriously. Even the parts when Cobra tries to be funny, it just it falls on its face. And it's because Stallone, in this movie specifically, has negative charisma. He definitely needed to crawl out of his own ass. He was flying high with Rambo. He had a bunch of Rocky bullshit that he did, and he just thought that he couldn't do any wrong. Cobra's the movie you would make if you asked a group of 15-year-olds to just make any kind of movie they wanted to, just give them carte blanche to make a movie. The only thing it's missing is TNA, and that may have actually made this movie a little bit more palatable. For me, Cobra gets four and a half psychotic cults out of 11 hot dogs. I it, it's better than It's better than a sharp stick in the eye, but I don't ever need to watch this movie again. I mean, I think that if you're like a hardcore Stallone fan, or you just have a place in your heart for this movie for whatever reason, I mean, maybe, you know, your dad took you to see it before he walked out to get his last pack of smokes and he never came back. Like, maybe you hold a, a high regard, but I don't know. 
I saw it a long time ago. It feels with the pack of smokes, but that's okay. So <laughs> I just don't feel the need to ever see this again. It was just boring. Sometimes we watch movies and we're like dreading watching them because we know they're going to be crap. And this is probably the first time for this show that I watched a movie that I was like, yeah, let's watch that movie. It, it, it I remember it being this okay. This was your pick, by the way. I think you were the one who suggested this. I think it was mutual. I think you had brought it? it up. Okay. And I was like, yeah, let's watch that. Because I thought, like, I remember kind of liking this movie. Maybe we talked about this during the Machete episode because we were talking about exploitation flicks. And I think this one came up in that. I don't remember this ever coming up on Mike. I didn't say it came up on Mike. I don't know how it came up, but it was just like, this is the first movie that I watched in in the year and however long we've been doing this podcast where I was like, remember the movie being a lot better than it was and watching it and being like super disappointed. Usually it's the other way. The movie's like, no, it's a piece of shit. And we watch it and like, well, that's not actually that bad. It's okay. But this was more the opposite. I think I've been more disappointed in some of those than you have, but it's okay. (laughs) Anything you want to tack on before we get to our answers for the question of the week? Because this one at least had some that were kind of fun. No, I mean, I hope people don't hate me for my opinion on this movie. I just was not. Wasn't having it. There's so much other stuff I'd much rather watch than watch this ever again. That's Black hard. Devil Doll from Hell needs to be watched at least 10 more times before I, have to, I can watch this. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. Question of the week. We went a little different direction with it because, frankly, I just don't want to ramble off a bunch of Stallone movies. So the question of the week is, what the fuck is Stallone mumbling about? In the movie Cobra. So we want your answer as to what the fuck Stallone is mumbling about in this stupid movie. If I could do this with a British accent, I would, but I can't. So I'll stick with Stallone accent. I don't think I could do British Stallone. That would be a tough one. But our good friend BP over at Let's Start Talk Horror is going to kick us off on this. He said his response was, hey, yo, me Cobra. I wear sunglasses and never take them off. Fuck you, crime. That's what Stallone is mumbling about. I like it. Our friends over at Cinema Poison, which is at Cinema Poison on X, Twitter, whatever, they said that he's probably just mumbling about how great their Cobra episode is because they just released the episode on this movie as well. Let's see. Wilson Gill, which is at Hey Mr. Wilson 40, said, Hey, yo, this is my version of Beverly Hills Cop, and uh, I wasn't going to do the banana and the tailpipe. You no. Know? Could you imagine what a Beverly Hills Cop with Sylvester Stallone would be like? I'd rather not. I think it'd be like this. So I think it'd be Cobra. In comparison, Beverly Hills Cop is a much better movie. I haven't watched in a while, but, you know, that's fine. I'm usually wrong about most things, so. Dissect That Film, our good friends over there, you can follow them at Dissect That Film. They said he probably thinks he's better than Schwarzenegger. He's wrong, but. And then this might be my favorite response of the week. It's from Moments in Time and Space. They are at Moments in TAS, another great show that you can check out. They responded, wow. Why don't you just ask me to bring Bigfoot in alive instead? It'd be easier. Stallone mumbling, I bought a boat, I bought a boat, I bought a boat. Do you have an answer for this? I don't. I didn't even think of an answer for us. Uh, we're supposed to play along, aren't we? I think that's the that's the thought, but no. No? I just, I hate to come off like a big crab ass about this movie. I'm like sitting here thinking about it, but. I kind of like it. I like when you get pissed. It's kind of, it, it's good for the show. I just, I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. I don't really have a thought as to what he would have been saying to other than just what we've been going through this whole movie. So the only thing I would say is if I were Stallone and I were mumbling like that all the time, I would be constantly saying, man, you should really go back and watch my movies before I was a star in Hollywood. Just leave it at that. You know, when we were kind of recent, well, I was watching this movie, researching kind of stuff about the backstory. I didn't know the Beverly Hills Cop part really before this. And I went back and 
and kind of read about Stallone and read about the production of the movie and him kind of just being a dickhead and being Stallone. Yeah, being Stallone and and the director of the movie was like, hey, if you, you know, this is a Golan Globus movie, produced movie. Golan Globus has made some of the best ninja movies, some of the best schlock that you've ever seen. They've made, I think they helped make the Conan movies, at least the first one, produce that and stuff like that. You just kind of, I just expected this it to be so much more fun than this. And it's just such a downer, like, to me. And I feel like such an asshole just crabbing about it the whole time. But it's just such a, it's just such a downer. Like, it, this should be so much better. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Since you said it. You mentioned that this is such a downer and that you had a hard time, you know, everything you just said there. Yeah. Could this be that you were just not, it, just that you were not in the mood for this kind of bullshit movie? Like, maybe on a different day, like, where you want something a little dumber and action-y, like, maybe it would work? I would watch something else. Well, that's a fair statement, but I'm at, that's not really the question I don't think I was, I was in any kind of mood when I watched it, and I admittedly can okay. be in moods and be like, fuck, I don't want to watch this. Oh, no, I, dude, I, look I do it all the time. It. I look forward okay. to watching it. So that's the part that's like disappointing to me is that, all right. like you said, if I wasn't the one that suggested this, I felt like it was definitely like, no, that's cool. I'd watch that. That seems like a good choice, something to watch. But then watching it, and it's not even that it's that bad. It just doesn't make any sense. There's like no point to it. It's pointless. It's like a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> well, we certainly have a lot of those, so. Yeah, but those I mean, have, it's like, still, fun. There's something fun about them. It's still number 2,738 out of whatever. What would, I wonder what would drive that kind of popularity. It's down 371 spots. When I see other people doing episodes about movies that we're, like, talking about doing, or, like, I just kind of wonder how that comes up in like the zeitgeist or whatever like why why are they you know why is this other show talking about this why are we talking about it well i know he stallone is making headlines i guess he's talking about doing another expendable movie so maybe that's why i don't know expend forables sure so that's it that's where i'm cutting the show right now if we're going to start making puns out of the word expendables i think that's a good place to wrap it you got anything you want to add or this is going to be heavily edited in the audio version yeah, because oh. I don't want to listen to myself whine about this movie anymore. <laughs> so, hear the, heard it here first. You're going to get a 30-minute episode of me talking like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I so. should cut everything out except you are, like, imitations uh, and you're, like, talking uh, like Stallone. That'd be perfect. Be kind of funny. Yeah. So, if you want to hear that for some reason, which I would not recommend at all, if you want to hear that, you can check out... Uh, this show and every show either on this youtube channel we well not every show is on there but a lot of them are on there some of them are on there go watch machete we had more fun with that yes yeah anyway our site is crap.town all our shows are available on there you can find every show on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, pocket Casts, pretty much wherever you find podcasts we're on there you can just search to pod monster our question of the week is always put up on our social media outlets generally it is on instagram x i gotta get used to saying x and probably threads going forward i'm trying to get better about using that because i'm getting more and more mad at x but it's generally on all three of those at least so if you want to follow us on there or any platform we are at dewey pod monster Best way to get our attention is through one of those social media outlets, or you could always leave feedback on the episode itself through Spotify. And then Sean will fill in the blanks for whatever I screwed up and let you know where you can find some of his stuff. Perfect. Absolutely perfect, John. I talk about Michigan craft beer, other types of stuff, at my YouTube channel, youtube.drafttherapy.com. If you want to hear my diaper whining like a big baby, you can. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Draft Therapy on all the social medias. Keep in mind, he's the one who's a father, and he's talking about diaper whining and booger lip shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally booger lipped in this episode, I have to admit. Shit happens. Yeah. That's all we got. So we will be back next week with some other movie. I don't know what yet, but we will talk to you soon. And again, you can find out about that ahead of time by following us. And yeah, talk to you later. Cheers. Adios. We could easily talk three, four hours about a very politically charged uh, cop drama. A tough on crime street cameras for taking on survivors and strange murderous cartwheels for <laughs> far-reaching plants. What a bunch of bullshit.